Good morning, everyone. Y'all here? <laughs> I was scared to turn around. I thought I was by myself. Good morning, everyone. Glad you're here. All right. And the, uh, don't forget, we, we had one of the, uh, the growth tracks after. We had one of the largest uh, classes in several months uh, last week for 101. And uh, excited about that. So at the end of this service, uh, don't rush out because uh, we're going to offer opportunity for membership. And uh, we, I think we have some in the, in the room now that uh, want to join. We have some also in the second service. Uh, so we're excited about that. And so please don't miss 201. And yes, if you're, uh, Britt just mentioned the, um, the missions trip, and I did want to mention that, but I wanted him to mention it before the offering in case you wanted to give something toward the home. They, they're going to take a check and... Um, if, uh, if you want to give something toward the home, the home for children, then uh, give it today so that they can take it with them. They can present it while they're up there doing work. They're going to be doing some hands-on labor, but also ministering to the kids. Um, we're also going to send some money so that they can, I think they're going to do a, a watermelon party with them one, one of the nights that they're there. Really cool stuff. If uh, you're not involved with missions, you need, you need to be, okay? And so uh, I want to uh, get into the message this morning, and, uh, but... I want to have a can just a word of prayer before we before we get to that, and uh, let's believe God. I I'm, I was thinking I've been thinking a lot of things this week about you, and uh, preparing this message and getting ready for today. And I want you to know that it's not just on my heart, but it's on God's heart. God wants to do some amazing, awesome things for you. You just got to be willing, and then show up and do your part. Kind of what we talked about last week is doing your part, doing your part. Talked about the rules last week. We'll go another step, okay? Let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you, God, for uh, the privilege of being here and standing in your presence. And God, of being, being friends and brothers, Lord, uh, with, with uh, these Christians, Lord, that are here gathered today. God, some of them have been battling some big, heavy, heavy issues this past week, dealing with some, some stuff, God, that uh, I'm not even aware of, Lord. And God, I just pray. I pray today. God, as we, begin, as we begin taking this step, God, into doing spiritual warfare, as we begin taking this step and moving in, I pray, God, your protection. I pray your power. I pray your strength. God, I pray your wisdom. I pray your understanding. And God, I, I ask you, Lord, to, to, to stir us. Lord, if, there, if there's one asleep today, if there's one who is spiritually asleep and not paying attention to what the enemy is doing in their life, I pray you stir them, wake them today, God. God, so that they, they, they realize, Lord, and, and as you said in your word, so that they would wake up and, and see that the thief is about to break in and they would make sure the place was secure, their home, their life, their, their own body was secure. I pray that in Jesus' name. I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, how many of you like options? Anybody? Y'all like options? Some of you like options? How many of you, how many of you like everybody to make all their decisions for you? Anybody like that? Like this afternoon when it's time to go eat lunch, you're the one that says, I don't care wherever you want to go, right? Everybody's got about five of those in their family, right? And you got one that's always willing to throw in and say, no, let's go here. They're the ones that always like to choose. Well, I like to have options. And you know what? You have options today. You got options. All right? I'm going to talk to you about, I'm going to talk to you about a couple of options. Once you figure out the rules to, 
Yeah, I don't know. Some of you ever played video games? I mean, any some of y'all young enough to have played video games? Some of y'all remember Atari or those kinds of things or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Atari. You you didn't have a lot of options. You just stuck you just stuck that that big thing looked like a, a mini eight track tape is what it looked like. And of course now I'm gonna have to explain to some of you what an eight track tape was. And you stick that thing in there. You just power it on and boom, it starts. And you just you know you're just moving around the screen doing best you can. Most video games today you got options. And you know. And me, I just, you know, here, you've heard me say this. I don't, I, I'm not a very good golfer. And one of the reasons is because I don't want to practice. I just want to play, you know. I, I, don't, I don't want to go to the driving range. I don't want to spend time doing that. I don't want, you know, I don't want anybody giving me lessons. I just want to get out there. I just want to hit the ball, you know. I, that's what, and so video games these days, I mean, you got all these options. You know what? I don't want to set the options. Give me, give me a, you know, give me an autopilot thing. Let's just jump in. Let's go. And I think that's the way a lot, of some, a lot of people are about their spiritual lives. They don't want the options. They don't want to have to make any decisions. They just want to, come on, God, the spiritual stuff, that's you, God. I just show up on Sunday, you know, and I, I write a check to the church, and I, you know, and I, I sing, and I worship, I listen to the sermon, I pray at the end, and I go home, and God, I just, I just put everything on autopilot all week long. I don't want any options, but you've got options. If you don't take advantage of the options, you don't choose your options you can't have victory, and I, and I know some of you, some of you are looking, you look at other people and you say, why is it that they seem to be, and listen, I'm not talking about being more blessed or any of that kind of stuff, but, but a lot of times we say, why is it that they always seem to be able to make it? It's, it's like, they, they don't have, I know what some of you think, you look around at some people and you say, they don't have any problems. Why do they not have any problems? Listen, everybody in this room has problems, every one of us. The difference between those of us who seem to have problems and those who don't seem to have problems, a lot of times it's just, it's just this. It's, it's, it's how we respond to the problems or how we handle them. I mean, did you ever look around and you see somebody that always seems to like land on their feet like a cat? You know, No matter what life throws at them, I mean, they're tumbling, tumbling, and boom, they always land on their feet. I mean, it's like just, everything just seems to work out for them. How is it that it happens like, that way for them and it doesn't happen for you? That may be the question you're asking this morning. And if it is, it's probably because they've done these things that I started preaching to you about last week. I'm going to preach to you about today. I'm going to preach to you about planning the next two Sundays. They started doing these things in their lives, and that's why when problems hit them, it doesn't knock them for a loop and destroy them. You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, take their entire life down. It doesn't, you know, when, when a problem hits the marriage, it doesn't always end in divorce like maybe it does with other people. Why? Because they're doing some of these things. So this morning, I want you to take advantage of options. You have to select. You have to choose your options. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to choose options. And I know, I know any of you that play video games, especially the, the, the new video games, I'm not talking about if you played Pac-Man back in the day. I'm talking about right now. You know, that's one, of the, that's one of the things about the games. You get to select, and you get, you get to select options. So let's talk about options. First of all, you got to select your team. Okay, so let's, we'll go to the team select screen, uh, the team select screen, and, and we'll, we'll select our team. And, and the first team that we can select from is we can select from Satan's team. Okay, now that, that's your first selection, okay? You got, you got Satan's team, and you can select this team if you want to play. So let's look at this, let's look at this team. Uh, the skills on this team are deception and propaganda. I mean, that's one of the things that, that, that he's good at. I mean, he deceives people. 
He, he's, able to, he's able to confuse them. He's able, through propaganda, he's able to take the truth and twist it. That's the very first lie that he told that we have record in, in the Bible. It's when he took the truth that God had spoken to Adam and Eve and he twisted it. He said, did God really say this? And is this really what God, and he began to twist. That, that's what he does. Uh, temptation. I mean, that's, that's one of his big ones. I mean, that, that's the one that probably most of you, you deal with more than anything else is you deal with the temptation because the temptation comes and comes and comes and comes and comes. And if you've got one particular area of your life that you're really struggling in, then that temptation, I mean, it, it doesn't come every day. It comes like every hour or every half hour or every, every so often. I mean, it's like just, just constantly. And so it, that's one of his skills, uh, camouflage and confusion. He, he always camouflages things. I mean, uh, he, he is able to go into a situation and, and turn it around so that you're looking at it and you see it as something else. And some of you know exactly what I mean. Because in your family, I mean, you're, you're seeing something else and God's, God's trying to get your attention. He says, no, 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 that's not what's going on here. And you're so confused that you're working on one thing and the problem is something else. That, that's, a, that's a tactic of the enemy, the ability to camouflage and confuse you to think something is going on that's not even really going on. I mean, that happens a lot, right, in our relationships. You know, sometimes jealousy between, between uh, you know, uh, in a love relationship, between a boyfriend and girlfriend, between a husband and a wife. There's jealousy there, and how, where does it come from? It comes from the camouflage and confusion that is thrown by this team. Uh, the division, he, he's uh, skilled at division and false accusation. Man, he's skilled at this. I mean, I mean he, can, he can make you believe something there is absolutely no truth whatsoever to. He can throw an accusation at somebody in your life. You know, you know it's kind of like, you know, how, how it is. Now, all the husbands in this room will understand this, okay? If nobody else does. The husbands will. If your wife dreams that you looked at a pretty girl last night, you're going to pay for it for about three days. Amen, Amen. thank you. You're going to pay for it for about three days. It's like a false accusation. It doesn't even have to be true. And, and, and the, the division, the false accusation that happens there because, because, of, because of you get something in your mind, it doesn't even have to be true. Well, that's just, you know, I heard one lady say, well, that's just the kind of thing that my husband would do. That's why I'm still mad at him, even though he didn't really do it. It's just a kind of, I mean, that's, that's one of the tactics of Satan is false accusation and torture. That is one of the skills of this team is torture. I, I started to put torment, I started to put, I put torture. I mean, that, that is one of the skills that this team has is he knows how to torture people. He knows how to take your little bitty problem and torture you with it. Keep you awake at night. Make you, make you, some, some of you, some of you teenagers, my goodness, you know, Back when, I was, back when I was in high school, I, I, I used to write poems. And, you know, I, I saved them for a little while because, you know, I thought, you know, if I, uh, if I ever get to the end of my rope, you know, and I commit suicide, these poems are going to really be, they're going to sell for a lot of money because somebody's going to put them all together in a book and what. That's the kind of stuff that teens go through, you know. And I got rid of the poems because nobody wanted to read those things. I mean, it's all about, oh, about how bad my life is and how bad all this is and how bad all this was, you know, and everything, you know. And I thought I had problems when I was 15 years old. Come on, somebody snicker at me, especially those of you who are my age, you know, whatever. I thought I had problems. But, you know, today, kids, come on, listen. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at Facebook, and I'm, you know, m thankfully, I put those poems, and I stuck them away in a drawer somewhere and eventually threw them away. You're writing stuff on Facebook that everybody is reading and seeing, and it's there, and it's there for forever. And you know what, what happens this is coming back to you tomorrow because then somebody read that and they post to it. Or somebody reminds you about it and said, man, I want you to know that really bothered me and I'm, I'm concerned about it. And it keeps coming back and it's torturing you. 
You are tortu- you're torturing yourself for this. You've know, you got to start, you start protecting yourself from those kinds of things because the enemy is adept at torturing you with stuff that is not going to matter five days from now. And that, that, that is, that's not just for teenagers. That's, that's for adults. Okay, I've I got to go on weaknesses, uh, pride, and arrogance. That was one of the first things that made him fall. This team, the first, the first, the first uh, uh, defeat that this team had was, was because of pride and arrogance. I mean, that, that, was, that was a thing inside of, uh, of Satan that made him lift up. He is proud, he is arrogant. And you know what, a lot of us, us kind of like pride and arrogance. I, I, was, I had to go to the dentist this past week, and uh, I, we got to talking about, he, he and I, of course, he was doing most of the talking. You know how they do, they stick their fingers in your mouth, you know, and then they start asking you questions. You know, and so here's when most of the talking, and I was doing the uh-huh, 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 you know, kind of a thing. And so we were talking about the Olympics, and, and I said, uh, you know, I was able to get it up. Uh, so are you watching the Olympics? And he said, he said, uh, he said, yeah. He said, man, I've been watching the, uh, I've been watching the basketball. You've been watching? I said, yeah, uh, yeah. He said, he said it, I'm, it's like I'm watching the NBA. He said, but this is the only time of the, the year I ever watch the NBA because it's the same guys playing. He said, he said, I can't stand those guys in NBA professional ball, but he said, but he says, you know, he says, I, I love watching this. And I know there's, there's something about the NBA that there's, a, there's an arrogance about it or something, you know. And, but in, in the Olympics, there's something about it. It kind of has to take them, even, even though I meant they're better than, you know, anybody else on the planet, you know, about playing basketball, those kinds of things. There's something about t- the, the amateur. I mean, I, I love college sports. I love high school sports. Why? Because there's just something about the amateur attitude. But, and, and it's the pride, uh, it's the pride issue that makes me, I don't even want to turn on the NBA. I don't even want to, you know, a lot of times I, I don't even watch a lot of NFL. Part of that's because, you know, they play it on Sunday most of the time, you know, and you guys keep me busy all Sunday afternoon. But, you know, I, I don't want, it's, it's kind of a pride or arrogance thing. Let me, let, me, let me remind you of Scripture. The Scripture says pride goes before destruction and a haughty attitude goes before a fall. So if you get pride and you get, you get arrogance begin to build up in you, let me tell you, it, it's going to lead to your destruction, different for Satan. And look at this weakness. He's accountable to God. Now here's the problem with this team, is this team has one enemy, and the enemy is the team of God, and he is accountable to that team. Now you got to, listen, you got a problem if your mortal enemy, if you're accountable to your mortal enemy. I mean, you know, you're going to have a tough time winning any battles if you are accountable to the guys on the other side of the battlefield. And he has no defense against Jesus for all of these years. I mean, he started it. You can go back to the book of Matthew, chapter 4, and you can read the temptations of, of, of Jesus Christ by Satan. And you can see that, that he kept trying, he kept trying, and he left him for a while, and he probably went back. Of course, you know, we, we don't believe that that's the only time he tempted Jesus. But he tried there, and he tried, and he tried. And you know what? He could not find a weapon against Jesus. For the rest of Jesus' life, he could not find a weapon against him. When, when he took him down in death and, and he died on the cross, he still didn't have a weapon against Jesus. For the last 2,000 years, Satan has looked for a weapon against Jesus, and he still has not found a weapon that works against Jesus. I mean, that's a pretty big weakness. If you don't have one single weapon that works against your enemy. And uh, his rank is the ruler of darkness. You know, there are a lot of guys that rule like crime we used to call them really. Used to really call them crime families, or, or, or mobs. Or there, there are guys still out there running crime syndicates like that. And some people say, "Oh, they're so powerful." Is, is a guy like that more powerful, or is it someone more like Donald Trump? 
I mean, you, know, you got to get this idea and you got to get this thing. And you think about this. It's the guys who can do and the guys who can't cheat. Come on, somebody. The guys who can do and the guys who can't cheat. And this guy's a cheater. He can't. And so what he has done is he has found a way to find him a place. And so he, so he rules in darkness. Where does he rule? He rules in these things that we just talked about. That's the place that he rules. He rules in, 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 in the, the camouflage and in the, the temptations and in, in the divisions. Those are the things he rules in. And then you got, you got to look at his career highlights. He deceived a third of the angels of heaven. I mean, this is his, this is his crowning achievement. Is he deceived a third of the angels. Which you might say, man, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it, it's pretty good, but he's pretty good at being bad. This is not a guy that you want to ally yourself with. This is not a team that you want to join and be a part of. This is a team you need to be protected from. This is a team that your family needs protection from. It's not a team to even, I mean, I've actually run into misguided young people who, uh, you know, uh, especially back a few years ago when I was a youth pastor that, that kind of looked at and said well, said, well, Satan's got a lot of power. Just look at all he's doing out here in the earth. And I'd say, yeah, that's true. But his power is subservient, so why would you still, still why would you want to be a part of that? And, and so he, he's deceived a third of the angel, which is, I mean, it's his crowning. It's the only thing he can hang his hat on. It's the only thing he's ever been successful at. And his win-loss percentage of this, this team, his win-loss percentage is to be determined in your life. You see, I can't, I can't tell you how many battles he's going to win in your life. Only you get to decide that. I mean, God knows. He can look into the future, and he can tell how many battles he's going to win, how many battles Satan's going to win, how many battles Satan's going to lose in your life. But it's not determined by God. It's determined by you. It's not determined by Satan. It's determined by you. And you've got to make a decision. So let's look at the, there's another team. Let's look at the other team, and this is the team of Jesus. And here's his skills. His skills is that he, is inf, he has infinite wisdom and power. Can you imagine how strong and powerful and awesome uh, someone would be if they had infinite wisdom and power? I mean, they knew every single thing about everything in the universe, and they had the power to do anything that they wanted to do in the universe. That's Jesus Christ. That's the God that we serve. That's the God we've been singing about this morning. Is he has infinite wisdom and and power. He knows every single thing because he created every single thing. He knows everything about your relationships. He knows everything about your, your marriage. He knows everything about your future. He knows everything, he knows everything that you're going to say the rest of this day. He knows every decision you're going to make for, for all of eternity. And he knows how people are going to respond to every one of those things. He knows how, how everything works. He knows how, how, how finances work. He knows how the economy works. I mean, I get lost, you know, in, in economics, you know, 201. I get lost in that, right? Uh, you know, but God never gets lost in that. If you're, if you're overextended at the end of the month, if you've got more debt than you've got money coming in, let me tell you, it's someone who understands that God does because he has infinite wisdom and power to do something about it. He is immortal. He's never gone down on the battlefield, and he will never be destroyed. He is, uh, he is omnipresent, meaning that he is everywhere. You know, he is not just here today. He is at every, every church, anywhere in this world today, where two are gathered in his name, he is there. You don't ever have to call for him. You don't ever have to, have to hope he shows up in a little while because he's already there. If you find yourself in a problem, you don't have to worry. Oh, no, is, is God going to be here? He's already there. He was there before you got there because he was there. I, I was reading an article the other day, and a guy was talking about prevenient grace. It might be a term that you've never heard of. And this is, it's, how God, it's how God sets up things for us. 
It's how God does things in advance for us. It's like, you know, uh, I, I heard somebody talking about, you know, David going down to, the, down to the brook and getting those five smooth stones that he was going to attack, attack Goliath with. He went down and he picked up those stones that he was going to use in his sling. And when he got there, and there was the brook, he's like, on his way to Goliath, I mean, oh, wow, great, here's a brook. I mean, did, say, did, did uh, David go down there without any stones in his, you know, in his bag? Did he go down without any ammo for his, his sling? I, I don't know if he didn't have any or not. But on his way, he passed a brook. And in the brook, there were five perfect stones that had been laid there. And I don't know if you know anything about stones, but, you know, if they lay in the water, that's how they get smooth. It's because the water rushing around them just erodes them slowly, slowly, slowly over all those times. God had prepared that brook with those stones, knowing that David was going to have a battle on the other side of that brook that, that day. I mean, that's what God does for us. He provides, he, he puts it all out there in front of us. He's able, uh, because he's always everywhere. Perfection. Uh, he's never made a mistake. You know, you're never going to wake up on a, uh, you know, on, on a Tuesday morning after you've had a bad day at work and God said, look, I got to talk to you about yesterday. Look, I made a mistake. God's never going to tell you he made a mistake. If he gives you wisdom on Monday, it's going to be good on Tuesday as well. God, never, everything about him is perfect and awesome, and he has mercy, meaning that even if you messed up, it doesn't matter how bad you messed up. He is long-suffering. He has mercy. He he will bend over backwards, doing everything he can to, rain, to, to pull you in again and to encourage you and lift you up and to forgive you. That, that's who he is. And you know what? Some people, some people look at that and say, that's a weakness. That's a weakness in a warrior. That's not a weakness in a warrior. I mean, you think about the, uh, you know, the movies that you like to see. If you like action movies, adventure movies, those kinds of things, you think about the true heroes in there. Every one of them. They can be strong, they can be amazing, they can be powerful, but every one of them that are true heroes has some element, has some bit of mercy inside of them. That's what makes them a hero. Not being the strongest, not being the, the most vicious, not being the most powerful, but they have to have that mercy in with that power, and Jesus Christ has it. Because his weaknesses, he doesn't have any. Satan's been looking for him for thousands of years, and he's never found one. Satan thought he found one years ago, uh, eons ago, when he was kicked out of heaven. But he hasn't found any. There are no weaknesses in this team. The rank, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's not just a king. He's not just any king. He's not just one of the, he is the king. Meaning that when, you know, subjects come in and bow to the king's, you know who the kings bow to? The kings bow to him. They, they, he is the one that everyone bows to. Because at the name of Jesus... Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. There is coming a day that every other team in this world, every other kingdom, every other ruler, all the Donald Trumps and all the mob bosses, every one of them will have to bow because he is the king of kings. He is the, he is the light of the world in the middle of the darkness. Your confusion and all the stuff that the other team brings against you, that Satan's team gets, guess what? He's the light that dispels all the darkness and dispels all the confusion. He's the bread of life. That when you, you don't know how I'm going to make it another five minutes, much less another five years, he's the bread of life that shows up and he's got whatever it is you need today. You think about what, what, what that means by he's the bread of life. It means like he's your daily bread. It means whatever your need is today, that's who he is. Whatever your need is next week, that's who he is. Whatever your need is next month, that's who, he's the bread of life. So every single day, all of the needs you will ever have in your life, he's the bread that fulfills those needs. He's the word 
And, and I, I'm going to preach about that in a couple of weeks, so I, I don't want to say a whole lot here, but he is the Word, capital T, capital W. He is not a Word. He is not, uh, he is not a good Word. He is the Word. He is the only Word that will ever matter. He is, he is the only Word that will last for forever. As, as my words, I talk about those poems that I wrote, those that passed away. I, I couldn't recite a one for, for you today if I, if I tried. I can't remember one. I just remember the tone and what they were about. My words will pass away. The, the words that I'm speaking right now, they will pass away. They may be saved as they will be and put on a podcast this afternoon. People may listen to them and, uh, you know, 10, 20 years from now, somebody may still be listening to these words today, but they will eventually pass away. But he is the word that never fails and never passes away. He is the Savior. There's a lot of people that need rescuing. He's the Calvary that comes in. To, for some people in their last moment, when they finally decided, I cannot fight this battle alone, he's the Savior that shows up and says, let me win this one for you. And he's the Alpha and Omega, meaning that he always was and he always will be. There is nothing that comes before Alpha. There is nothing that comes after Omega. There is nothing that came before him, and there will be nothing that comes after him. He is, always was. He always will be. He is the eternal one that exists forever and ever. His rank, uh, that was his rank and among, among many other things. The career highlights, he created the universe. And I, I just put down just a few things here. He created the universe. Every single thing that you see, every th single thing that you and I know, everything we think Everything we, we, we study and look and, 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 and try to uh, obtain and, and, and deal with, he created all of it. And then as the warrior, and I just wrote a few of these down, he defeated blindness. He defeated paralysis. Uh, you wanna, if you want to read, uh, it says click to read more, but you can't click because uh, this is an interactive right here. You just go to your Bible app on your phone, okay, and look, because he defeated blindness. He defeated paralysis. He defeated leprosy. He defeated death. He defeated sin, and he defeated the armies of Egypt, of Philistia, of Amalek, and of Elam, and, and more and more and more. He's never met an army he could not defeat, and so it doesn't matter what army is coming against your house today. It doesn't matter what army you've been facing this week. He's already defeated it, and, he's, and, he, and he will defeat that army again this week for you if that's what you need. And his win-loss percentage is 100%. I know, I know some of you are saying, oh, wait a minute. There have been some times I've lost. I'm not talking about your win-loss percentage. I'm talking about his. Every time you have fought with him, you've won. You've never fought a battle with Jesus Christ by your side that you lose. He's 100%. Some of you may, may be having a hard time grasping that and accepting that fact. But the truth is, he never loses. And so by choosing this team, what you know is you will never lose if you choose this team and you fight in accord with the directions there. Sounds like a no-brainer decision, doesn't it? Satan, Jesus. Satan, Jesus. Sounds like a no-brainer, right? I got a friend said that. Boy, he's lived to regret that one. We, we tease him about it all the time. No-brainer, huh, Eddie? Yeah, no-brainer. But here's the issue. You still must make the decision. You see, you can sit here and say, well, duh, I know what I need to do, but you still have to make the decision. Imagine running out into the middle of a battle. Think about something like back in the Civil War, I mean, when it was just, I mean, you know, we didn't have radar and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and smart bombs and missiles and things like that, you know. We didn't have those kind of stuff. 
Think about, you know, just, it just everybody running around. Imagine, you know, you've got the blues on one side and the grays on one side, you know, and, and you got on a, you got on a blue jacket and a gray hat and blue and gray pants, you know, and you're running around out there and nobody knows what team you're on. You're going to get shot at from both sides. Come on, somebody. The worst thing you can do is move into a battle undeclared. You listening to me? You see, some, you're fighting battles, and some of you are fighting them without having really declared what side you're fighting with. You need to declare, choose, select. Uh, we, could, we could call it getting saved sometimes. But it's, 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 even, it's even a little bit more than that. We could call it that. We could call it getting saved. We could call it uh, saying, Jesus, I need you to forgive me. Myself. We could call it that, being right with God and having a, having a relationship with him. But it has to go beyond just declaring that. You've got to live that. You can't just wear the uniform and just slip out on the battlefield and hope you get victory. you got to pick up your gun, too. you got to do your part in the battle. So you've got to declare, and you've got to really be a part of the team and start doing the thing. If you want to have that kind of victory in your life, that, that, that you're looking at other people and say, I don't understand how they keep landing on their feet. If you want to have that kind of victory in your life, that people start looking at you and say, I don't understand how they keep landing on their feet, then you're going to have to declare what team you're a part of, and you're going to have to fight as part of that team. Because there are all kinds of battlefields. Salvation is just the first. And, that, and see, that's where a lot of us are, is we think that's the only battlefield there is. Once we get saved, it's all over. I mean, my goodness, I could ask you to raise your hand. How many of you thought when you became a Christian you had no more battles? That's the way a lot of us think. Is that the only real spiritual battle out there is salvation? But you've, you've got battlefields throughout your life. I'm going to tell you about six real quick. And you've got options. You need to select a battlefield today. I mean, that's, that's the thing you've got to do. In, in, in the video game, Call of Duty, I mean, that's one of the things you do. You've got to select that mission, that battlefield, that theater of operations, where it, is, where it is that I want to fight today. Because all of us are dealing with different battlefields. You deal with one, I deal with a different. All of us are dealing with the different battlefields. So you need to... Select the mission. So here's the mission select screen. Spiritual. That's one of the battlefields. And, and you know, here, I need to dispel something here because a lot of people think the spiritual, the spiritual arena or the spiritual battlefield is all this woo weirdo stuff or whatever, you know, and, and, and the stuff that we think in our minds. And they're confusing mental with spiritual. Okay, here's the spiritual battlefield. And I don't have time to, to preach you this message, but i got to get to this one of these days. Daniel chapter 10. You need to read the first, first half of Daniel chapter 10, at least through verse 13. And you will, you'll, see, you'll see a picture of what is going on in the spirit realm. You see, what, what Daniel, Daniel chapter 10 does, and Daniel really, a lot of the book of Daniel is almost like an unveiling where God is just pulling back the veil a little bit, letting you peek in and seeing some things. And in Daniel chapter 10, I think it's verse 12 and 13, you look at that later. If you want to see what, what is going on, because here's the thing, is we think this is all that there is. But when you look at Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 and 13, and God pulls back the veil a little bit, what you begin to look, you begin to look into the heavenlies and into the realms, and you see that there is a spiritual battle that is taking place. I, I'll give you this real quick, as quick as I can. I've got to hurry because I don't have time to spend right here with, with these. But, but here's what's going on, is that Daniel is fasting and praying, and he's seeking God. And for three weeks, for 21 days, he is asking God, he said, God, help me with this. I need to understand. God, give me God's direction. I need to hear from you, God. And finally, an angelic messenger shows up. And he says, Daniel, 
God heard your prayer on the very first day you prayed. And I've, I've been on my way since then, but I've been held up. I've been held up by a battle going on in the heavenlies. You can read this right there. He says, I've been held up by the, the principalities over this area of Persia where you are living now. I've been held up until Michael, another archangel, came and he brought his brother. And they came and helped me fight. And now I left Michael there with the fight and I've come to deliver to you the message that God has for you. And now I'm going to go back and help Michael finish the battle in the heavenlies. You say, ooh, that sounds weird. Yeah, it does sound weird, doesn't it? You know why it sounds weird? It's because we never peek under the veil. We're just living this life that we see with our eyes and we act like nothing else is going on. And what Daniel chapter 10 tells us and shows us is that as you're living your life, every single day of your life, there is a war going on here trying to keep your victories, your, your, your promises, your blessings, all of the good things that God is trying to send to you. There is a war going on in the heavenlies that is trying to stop them to get to you, and you need, you need God to send the angels, and you need to be fighting on that side and asking God to win that because that's, that's where the spirit realm is. It's in that, it's in that heavenly. And, 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 and Satan is the, the prince or the, or the ruler of the principalities of the air. That's another one of his titles because that's what he does is he stops those things. You need to be battling. But then there's also the physical realm, <laughs> which are things like you know illnesses, diseases, you know, just general weakness in your body and maybe a handicap. Man, handicaps. Man, that's a battlefield, isn't it? If you've got a physical handicap, that's a battlefield. I mean, it is a battle that you go, you go through every single day of your life. Maybe, you know, as a kid, just getting to school or, or as an adult, just finding a job. If you've got a physical handicap, nobody wants to hire you because, man, they think you can't do as well as everybody else. It's a battlefield. And you need to understand that this is not just something you're dealing with. This is a battle. And you need to be doing battle or, or injuries. I mean, you know, if you've had an injury. So, I mean, these, are the kinds of, these are the kinds of things that you deal with on a, a very physical battlefield. And, and just because it's a physical thing doesn't mean that you don't need to be doing spiritual warfare about that. For example, if you've got a, a, a physical handicap, an impairment or something, you need to be doing spiritual battle. And you say, God... You stop that principality, principalities of the air. You stop them from, from keeping my job that you've got for me, from keeping it away from me. You go, God, you go before me and give me favor. And when they see my hand, don't let them see my handicap, but God, let them see the determination and the strength that I have through my hand. I said, that's how you do spiritual warfare. As you, as you fight through that, even when you've got that, or, the, or there's the mental battlefield. I, I, I started writing stuff down and putting things together. I started scratching stuff off because I didn't know how much we could squeeze on the screen. I knew I couldn't preach all this right here. But pride, pride goes before destruction. You better get rid of that. Fear, some of you fear and you don't even know what you fear. Doubt, you don't, is this really real, preacher? What you're talking about this morning, is this really real? I doubt this, I mean, you doubt it, but then at the same time, I mean, you, you know it's there, but at the same time, you doubt it. Say, don't, don't listen. If, if you've got that, don't be too hard on yourself because even the disciples said, God, we believe. Jesus, we believe, but help our unbelief. Yeah, sometimes doubt comes back in, but what do you do? You got to fight that battle. Worry. Uh, you know, some of you, you kind of like that lady that she couldn't sleep at night. And she told her psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist said, here's what I want you to do. Before you go to sleep, write down everything that you're worried about. Lay it down on your nightstand and go to sleep so tomorrow morning you can remember all the stuff you need to worry about. But don't think about it all night long. She went back a couple of weeks. She, he said, you've been sleeping better? She said, no. 
He said, did you try what I, he said, she said, yes, I tried it. He said, what's wrong now? She said, I, I lay awake worried that I left something off the list that I need to be worrying about. Some of you can't sleep at night because of worry. Some of you can't deal with it. Listen, I, I, I had, a, I had a, an incident last, last year, last, uh, last July, just a, just a little over a year ago, where I could not understand a fear that was trying to grip my life and trying to stop me from doing the things that I needed to be doing. I've, I had that happen another time years and years ago. And I'm not talking about like a five-second pa- panic attack. I'm talking about something that moved into my house, moved into my, to my space. I had it, well, years ago, I had for about a month, and, and people, I was pastoring, and people were asking me, what's wrong, Pastor? I said, I don't know, just pray for me. And I didn't know what was there. I had to do spiritual battle. I had to do spiritual warfare over that and get that out of my life. Uh, condemnation. Condemnation is kind of, how other people feel about you, feel condemned. Guilt is how you feel about it. The Word of God says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you've got condemnation, you need to be fighting this battle. Say, no, 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 I rebuke that. I get, you, you just tell, tell that little imp to get away from you. Depression, insecurity, rejection, bitterness, those, those all kind of go together. They all kind of fit right there. All those things can lead to unforgiveness. Some of you can't forgive, but how can you for, be forgiven if you don't forgive? Here's the thing you need to realize. The next time that you're thinking about that person that wronged you, you realize that you're in prison. That unforgiveness has got you in a prison. And you're sitting there and you're all upset about it and you're in a prison, but that person who did you wrong, they're free because they're down at the mall having a good time or doing something else. And you're the one that's in prison. You need to forgive, not for them. You need to forgive for yourself. Untrusting, ungrateful, or over the future. Also social. I got to hurry through these social missions. School, you know, some of you kids, you're going back to school. Some of you are starting college. Some of you are starting college in just, just a few days. The, the, the social battlefield that is there in work, the temptations that are going to come from that in your community. We need to be uh, protection. I mean, you know, my goodness, another shooting this weekend. Uh, I mean, this world's going crazy. This one nation under God is going crazy. And, you know, and, and you got to pray. It's like you got to pray constantly. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I hate, I hate to sound like my granddad, but back in my day, we didn't have a lot of these things to worry about. And you have to pray protection. Greed. Here's one of our problems, and it gets into us as well, is we see other people for what they can do for us instead of what we can do for them. That's greed. Whether it's tied to money or power or anything else, it's greed. It's self-centeredness. Is we see, we have relationships with others based on what they can do for us instead of what we should be doing for them. Uh, go on to the temptations. I don't have time to, to preach about your temptations this morning. Addictions, peers, envy, rebellion, sexual. But in case I didn't put yours up there, I, did you see that word it said right at the end? So whatever yours is, it's there. You need to be doing spiritual battle. You've got, you've got a temptation you cannot get over. You need to be doing spiritual battle and, and the home. Family. You've got family issues, problems, arguments, all those kinds of things. You've got prodigal sons and daughters. Or maybe you've even got prodigal parents that aren't Christians. You've got prodigals in your, in your family. Or uh, your, your marriage is struggling. We've had, we've had at least seven, eight, nine couples come to this church, young couples, with heavy-duty spiritual problems. Two of them have ended in divorce. Most of the others are flourishing. You know why? 
because they're not just showing up on Sunday and thinking it's fixed when we say the amen. They understand there's a spiritual battle that has to be fought every single day of, of the week. Provision, you pray for God's provision. Some of you are worried provision and finances, I guess, could go hand in hand. You're worried how you're going to pay the bills this week. You don't have to raise your hand. I know it. Some of you I know because you share with me. Some of you I know just because God's sharing with me. But you're worried how you're going to pay the bills. And you think all you need is just another job, a little bit of overtime, a little bit of extra pay. But what you really need is you really need to declare, this is my battlefield this week. And I'm going to declare that God is the team I'm going to serve on. In this week, I'm going to do spiritual battle. And this week, I'm going to see God start opening doors. Like jobs. Some of you need jobs. Some of you need different jobs or new jobs. Some of you need a job. And you've been that way for a while. You've been, been for a long time, you've needed that. And Jesus tells the church in Philadelphia in the book of Revelation chapter 3. He says, I'm going to paraphrase here, but he says, look, when I open a door, nobody can shut it. And when I shut a door, nobody can open it. You need to be doing spiritual warfare. You need to be doing spiritual battle about, and not just the job, and not just the finances, not just the home battlefield. You need to be doing spiritual warfare in all those areas. Stand with me. Come to the front. Let's close. Come on, let's squeeze in tight here if we can. Prayer team, get ready. Oh, man, somebody needs to do some battle this morning. Somebody. Squeeze on in. Let's get everybody out of the aisle if we can. Good crowd in early service. Thank you for being here. Early service. Now, I got a hole right here somebody can feel. If y'all want to slide on in, y'all don't have to get all these people out of the, uh, out of the aisle. How serious? How serious do I need to be about this, Pastor? I mean, this stuff you've been preaching about, and this stuff you got two more Sundays you could plan on preaching about. How serious do I really need to be about spiritual warfare and all? How great a life do you want? How much victory do you want? You know, you want to you start being the person that keeps landing on their feet? Okay, start fighting the battle so God can go before you and win your battle before you get there. That's why those people keep looking like they landed on their feet. They land in a battle, and the battle's already won. You're landing in a battle, and you're flailing every which way you can just to try to live, just try to get through the day. Come on, somebody. How serious do I need to be about this? How much impact do you want to have at school, at work, in your home? How awesome of a dream do you want to live? That's how serious you need to be about this. It's not that hard. It's not that big a deal. He's already won the battle. I told you that last week. You just really just kind of have to declare, run around with your gun. Pick up your weapon. Just run around with your gun. He's already winning the battle for you. So decide. Can you go back to one of the last few screens that's got all the, all the missions on it? I don't care. Any one of them. So, so and this is what I really felt like led that you need to do. You need to select. And if you've not selected God yet, you need to pray and handle that right now. And if you do that, 
please let me know. Send me a, you can send me an email later. I've got some resources I need to put in your hands, some things that will help you in your new walk with him. If you just become a Christian, let me know that, okay? If you make any kind of decision for God whatsoever, let me know. So I've got some stuff to help you. But you need to, make, need to make that decision, but then you also need to make, this is what I felt led to, to tell you you need to do today. You need to choose a battlefield this week. Some of you hadn't fought in a long time. You're just kind of letting things go and hoping it all works out. You know, just kind of, just taking my hands off. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to live my life and just see if my marriage, you know, I'm just see if my kids and just see if my finances. Come on, how's that working for you? It's not working very good, is it? You need to make a decision on a battlefield for this week. There they are, pick one. Pick one. Spiritual, physical, mental, social, temptations, home, pick one. And I, re- I really encourage you. Listen, I'm going to preach about this next week or maybe, maybe, maybe in two weeks. I'm going to preach about needing somebody to help you pray. They're right here. They got some of my sermon points, some of my sermon notes this week so they could be ready to help you pray right now. And so if you, know what, if you know what it is, close your eyes, bow your heads with me. If you know that battlefield that you're about to step into this week, man, wouldn't it be awesome to come down here Grab Brother Wayne's hand and say, I'm going into the battlefield of my home this week. I want you to pray with me. Wouldn't it be awesome to come down here and tell Nita, Nita, I'm going into the battlefield over temptations this week. I want you to pray with me this week that I'm victorious. Come on. If you know what battlefield is, come, step on this way. Some of you started moving. Some of you started already doing that and letting God really just move. I want to pray with everybody. Come on. I want you to move. I want you to, I, I want you to choose. I want you to select. I want you to make your declaration today. Don't leave anything up to chance. This week, I'm going to start being victorious. Jamie, go ahead when you can. I'm sorry. Go ahead when you can. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing until you finish praying. Come on, if you know, I'm sorry, if you know what battlefield, if you know what battlefield that you want to join, come on, come get somebody to help you.